Press play. Curtain of an hour in. It's time to taste in. The shade and tea to spill. Ooh, drama. Oh, that's a tweet. Did they book? Who got on the option? No, oh, I'm not well. What, what star will we talk to today? today? Oh, that's a gag, honey. Say, Say no more. Drama. 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 Welcome to Drama, a podcast that covers theater, pop culture, love, and life in New, New York, York City. City. I am Connor McDowell. That's at Connor McDowell on Twitter and Instagram. Do you like how I switched up the format? It's okay. Go- All right. Get your pandering for followers right away. We love. Um, and I'm Dylan McDowell. And just, you know, for parallels, I'm at Dylan McDowell. Of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you know, what I, you know what I'm thinking about. Moments before we started recording, I was on Twitter and I saw this tweet. It was like, "When twins are born and they're not identical, what even was the point?" <laughs> and I'm like, "Oh my god, dead." That's hilarious. We used to be very identical. I know. Do our listeners know that we're twins? I think so. Okay. I think interesting, so. I, interesting thought. I, we, we fought for years and years, like in middle school, to be different, to look separate. Like, So I was sick of being called Connor. And now I think the twin thing is such a novelty. I would do anything for people to think, oh my gosh, they're the, the, the new twindom. I know. You know, I bleached, we were just talking to our guests before about hair colors, but I did bleach my hair blonde in the sixth grade. And that was a moment in time. I, don't, I, forget, I forget why. It was sad. We're going to move on. Okay. There's been yeah. so much going on in pop culture that I want to just touch on really quick before we bring our guest in. I know. And I don't have fully fleshed out thoughts yet, but Ms. Taylor Swift did it again. She dropped another album that she just, she said she kept writing. She just had to put out this another record and we have Evermore. We have Evermore, which I was like, when she announced it, I was overwhelmed because truthfully, I'm still sitting in folklore. I'm still sitting in folklore, long pond sessions. It was a lot, but you know what? It's, it's beautiful. It was so funny. We listened separately and mm-hmm. like you listened in the morning or whatever. And then I like had something to do and I was driving and I finished listening to it and I called you and we were like, so we both heard the album and we were just beautiful quiet. gowns, beautiful gowns. <laughs> I know. And I think we were expecting to be like, gagged completely blown away you know gutted to the core taylor like what i love about her is how she writes about love in the way that i think a lot of us can feel it and she puts to words our feelings that we didn't even know we had definitely definitely and for some reason on my first listen i was not obsessed and i felt guilty about it there's no that's the catholic upbringing you immediately feel guilty but the Uh, thing is you know, she's always reinventing herself. And this is the first time she isn't. It's more of just an extension of what we had. And so I think we can respect it for what it is. From what I'm reading, a lot of people were underwhelmed at first. But it's a beautiful listen through. I'm excited to dig deeper in. And like we talked about with Folklore, back when that surprise dropped, we'll be analyzing her lyrics and things for years to come. Yeah, and that's true. When I listened to it, I was like, oh my God, these lyrics are incredible. Like, yeah, I mean, she's a genius. And I think we have to also pay credit to Beyonce who made the surprise album drop a thing back when she dropped her self-titled album. Yes. Um, And that was actually a true surprise. There was no even like day before Instagram announcement. It was just like midnight. It was out. Boom, iTunes. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll talk more about um, Evermore on the Patreon and on other formats as we go forward. There was another piece of content that came out yesterday, the prom movie on Netflix. And by the time this episode comes out, our listeners will all have probably watched it. It'll be in a couple of weeks, but it is out. The the controversial prom film. Yes. 
But there's one thing, two things about it that are not controversial to me. And that is the performances that Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman gave. Icons. I was gagged. Oh, I yeah. loved, the last time I saw them together was Big Little Lies and there was drama. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. They did work together on Big Little Lies. There was a slap. Didn't Nicole <laughs> slap? Didn't she slap Meryl? She did. She didn't and then Meryl screamed time. at the dinner table in that meme that was like viral. Iconic, iconic. Yeah. Um, I liked the prom movie. I did not, I mean, no hate, but just honesty. I did. I think James Corden was the wrong choice to play Barry. Um, they probably should have just had the original Broadway cast do the show. Um, Considering it was direct to Netflix, I don't think they needed a draw to get people out to the theaters. They could have had Meryl or like a few big names, but you know, a lot of these roles were created for the performers. Angie Schwarer, um, Beth Level, of course, Brooks Ashmanskis. And to me, it did feel offensive. You know, we're friends of Caitlin Kinnanen. And just the whole way that it all went down is sad. And it is sad. I, I know there was some shady, some shady business going on, too. So I did not like that. But, but if, they, if they insisted on having celebrity cast, they should have had Titus Burgess as, as Barry. He would have been phenomenal. Ooh. An out gay man a person of color. I mean, like the, the, you know, anyways, we do need to talk about Nicole Kidman because she was fabulous and she has a connection to our guest today. In she a way. Does. She, in a way she does. I'm honestly gagged. Dylan, that's a great way. I she, think, I starred, think it, she starred in the Moulin Rouge film. Oh my, wait, has Nicole done, wait, has Nicole done any other musicals other than Moulin Rouge and the prom? I don't know. I feel like I know a bad she's done day. Broadway. She did. She's done like theater on Broadway, but I don't know. Okay, yeah. we'll do some research. Listeners, write us and let us know. But Dylan, mm-hmm. please bring our guest in because I yes. am dying to talk. I know. So our guest today has the connection to Nicole because she's also in Moulin Rouge, but the superior Broadway version. And here we go. Our guest today is a 2020 Tony nominee for Best Performance by an Actress in a Featured Role in a Musical for creating the fiery triple threat role of Nini in Moulin Rouge before gagging audiences and doing that thing with her leg on stage eight times a week. Our guest has been slaying roles on Broadway and beyond, making her debut in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang in 2004. In the 16 years that have followed, she has stolen the show as Marty in the Kathleen Marshall revival of Grease, been the name on everyone's lips, as Roxy Hart in Chicago, and appeared in one of my personal favorites, The Wedding Singer, A Chorus Line, Spamalot, Starlight Express, Nice Work If You Can Get It, and much more. She's also a favorite of New York City Setter Encores, having starred in A Chorus Line as Cassie once again in a triumphant performance, The New Yorkers and Paint Your Wagon. In addition to appearing in Fosse Verdon on FX, she is a Helen Hayes and Emery Battis Award recipient, as well as a Gregory Award nominee. She is an icon, a bartender, a mother, and the hostess of the hottest underground soiree, Barnini. Please welcome to drama, Robin Robin Herder. I'm going to clap for my own introduction. <laughs> Your reactions were so funny. You were like, oh my God. <laughs> well, not, I mean, guys, I'm on fire. Like You are. You are. <laughs> no, I mean, my, my soul right now. I am, oh. face hurts. I'm, I am so flattered. What a, what a grand introduction. Deserving of every word. Robin, we love you. 
oh, I love you guys. I, 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 I so wanted to drop in on your, uh, on your intro of pop culture. I have things oh, yes. to say, but we can get to that later. No, oh my yeah, God. Yeah. No, I'm wondering, have you watched The Prom? I haven't watched The Prom. I've been seeing it on the Netflix and I was, well, this is, this is rude, but I was, I was busy. I can't remember what I was doing, but I, I was invited to the, you know, the screening uh, yes. a month ago or something. And because uh, Bill Damashki is, you know, our producer of Moulin Rouge. Oh, yes. The prom. And um, he invited me, um, what, like two, I think two or three times to see the show. And I've seen it twice. Ugh. And it, have, you guys have seen it. Oh, yeah. Twice oh as well. I saw it three times. If I could have seen it three times, I would have seen it three times. If I could have seen it five times, I would have seen it five times. Uh-huh. I, I loved that show so much. And talking about casting, I get it. Movies, put your mm-hmm. name in there. But every single person on that stage was so perfectly cast. I know. You can't, like, I couldn't even imagine a replacement in there. I know. Like, you can't touch Beth Level. Like, you can't. And she keeps topping herself. Like, that performance, like, I hurt, I hurt, I was tasting blood. I was screaming for joy and clapping, but also just, like, laughing so hard at the same time and then crying. She does all these things, too. She, obviously, she's one of my, who I want to be when I grow up. Like, I oh think she is the creme de la creme. She's so stunning, but ev- yeah, everybody in that cast was just, and especially for Angie, I was like, yes, thank mm-hmm. you. Yes, please let this, this Broadway showgirl vet shine. And she was perfect. And I could go on and on about that show. Oh, I love to hear that. I will watch it. And, and I'm a lover. I don't, I don't ever go in ready to hate ever. Yes. I want that's why we, that's what I think why I'm in the arts is I, I want to be moved. I want to feel my body start to shake and I want to start crying and not know what's happening to my body. Mm. And so I hope that, that there's, there are those moments in the movie that I feel that way, which I'm sure there will be. I'm a there star. Are, Cause you there know, are. the, the material shines still and that, and like the, the music, that gorgeous music that, you know, wedding singer composers right there, you know, which I mentioned, they're so talented and uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. You know, you said blood in your mouth when talking about Beth Level, and I'm laughing about that still. Well, I mean, it's like when I am, I, I, I should get an award for best audience member. Everyone says it. I mean, I get yelled at by people who don't realize that I'm in the arts and, you know, I'm an asshole. But like, I literally can't contain my, my being when I'm in a theater seat and I see my friends up there just giving like amazing astronomical performances and uh yeah i just lose it and i i sometimes feel a little blood in that in the back of my throat i feel it (laughs) you know this week we had on wednesday night the grinch live or not live the grinch musical and then there was the best of broadway and then there was the prom and i was thinking people are hate watching these things from home but we haven't had theater in so long like if anything we can respect the performers are getting to perform again you know that's yeah, and I, I was a day late because I've just this this week has been nuts for me. But I I watched uh, the best of Broadway last night with with my husband, and I was a puddle. I was crying the whole time. I mean, I had definitely like three tequilas, but <laughs> I was crying. I was I started shaking again because I'm just like, thank you. The same thing with the parade, mm-hmm. uh, the Macy's 
mean, when Hamilton started, I don't think anybody in the arts had dry eyes, mm-hmm. you know, but just that, like you said, people like people are getting to perform and show the world what what the world can be like with art again. And um, I loved it. I loved everything about it. You know, people hate, hate is going to hate, 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 hate. But that's right. She's, she's got she's got Taylor on the brain right here. <laughs> is there any Taylor in Moulin Rouge? Any Taylor Swift? Um, no. no, there's not. I and there's not an Anne Juliet either. The the Max Martin show. She's 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 got her she got she got her stuff on lock. She's waiting. She's waiting her, her Broadway venture. Yeah, there's no. She's just gonna be like. Here you yeah, go. yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, I have, I do have to think about when people are like, "Do you have any what la 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 in the show?" And I'm like, "Well, we do have like 73 songs." I'm trying to think about, you know, what we do have and not have. But yeah, we don't have any tape. I'll never forget say. reading that piece that was like the only person who said no was Bruno Mars to Uptown Funk. And that was um, that was heartbreaking because when we did the lab in 2017. Okay, we were all we were all younger, so much so much ahead. <laughs> so much younger than um, we did. It was what um, burning down the houses now oh. in the openings, the end of the Bohemians. That these guys would be like, uh, uh, dun 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 dun. This shit, that ice cold Michelle five of that white gold. Like they just went off and they just exploded on into the club, and it was just like. And it was really great. Santiago would come up. He'd be like, I'm too hot. And then I'd come up to him and do this like cat ass thing. And I'd be like, hot damn. Yes. Bruno said no. And I was like, all of us, because it was, it was great. It was exactly what it should be. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh man. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, we get to do talking heads. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not There's something it. for everyone in Moulin Rouge. I mean, for real. There really is. You know what? You're there our is- first Moulin Rouge cast member that we've had on the pod and we, we we started the podcast a year ago and we saw Moulin Rouge like the July before so this is a highly anticipated moment Robin but you know what before we talk about it actually probably every week to be honest mm-hmm. with you um, but before we jump into the show because we have questions and comments and love to give I'm wondering something about you how are you are you doing well I, I am. I, I, you know, I'm, I'll, I will answer. I will always answer very honestly and authentically. I am a, I, I am very happy that I'm a very transparent person. And like today I'm good. I mean, I threw my back out. I'm, you know, I'm on some, you know, some drugs, but it's okay. <laughs> it's nothing to bad and a glass of wine can't fix. Um, and I, it happens to me all the time because of, you know, what I'm usually cast as in shows is they're like, Oh, her back's bendy. Let's do it. <laughs> um, so I've been, you know, working with this, working around this back for a while now, but I have um, my, my life and I'm breathing in air uh, and I can smell things and taste wine and look at my son and hug him. And I was dancing yesterday. I mean, it, it's really those things that I, I go through the list all day long, just, uh, saying, repeating, like how, how grateful I am to be on this earth and be surrounded by 
people that I love so much and I, and I keep in contact with the people that make me so happy. And I have this thriving, beautiful son that drives me absolutely batshit most of the time, but like, I still have him and (laughs) I love him more than anything in this world. And I'm just filled with gratitude because there's a lot of bad things happening right now. And we've gone through a lot of trauma with loss this, this year as many people have. And, um, it's really made me so grateful to be alive and never take advantage of one moment you have on this earth. And yeah, I mean, I, I, in general, yes, I'm good. There's little stupid things every day that annoy me. And yes, there are days where I crumble because I'm like, wow, I used to be on Broadway and now it's month nine Mm -hmm. and I'm 12 pounds heavier and I can barely kick my leg up to my face anymore. Like I, you know, there's those things, but those are all things that will, it will be mended. Yes. I'm just happy. I'm happy to be sitting here with a, you know, a ring light and makeup on my face talking to you. (laughs) (laughs) We're grateful Uh too. Robin, you have such a great perspective. I mean, talking earlier about how you're not a hater and then now talking about how you have gratitude. Where does that come from? Have you always been that way? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I've been, um, you know, I was born on January 1st and I just kind of came out with a bang and I've always been um, a spaz. I think like growing up, a lot of people found me very, very irritating, (laughs) very annoying, kind of like Hudson, (laughs) but I just, you know, I would wake up every day and be like, it's today. You know, the sun would kiss the horizon and I'd be up and at him and so excited and looking forward to what today could, could bring me. I don't know. I've always been full of spirit. I think, I thank my mom and my, my dad for always being so supportive and, and really loving seeing me be so excited about life, my entire life. And, um, I don't know. I just, I don't, I hate it when I feel sad. Mm-hmm. And so I always try to fix it. And I, but I allow myself all the feels. I'm like, you are allowed your moment to be angry, whether it's like, I didn't get a job. I will, I'm so passionate about it and I will break down and I'll scream and I'll cry and I'll scream at Clyde. And I give myself 24 hours and I'm like, I'm going to just get all of my feelings out. I'm going to say whatever I want and then get over your mm-hmm. shit yourself off pick yourself up and start all over again <laughs> and then you know. you're amazing i need to adopt some of your attitude here for real it's, it's been a dark december i should say i don't know i've been feeling mm-hmm. kind of down even with this like wonderful news of the vaccine coming you know i still feel kind of like oh my gosh wh- how do we go on but there is so much to look forward to you know i need to remember that no, and and it is true. There are times I I will say like I stopped I stopped watching the news. Mm-hmm. I'll look at little updates on my phone, but I notice my energy will start to shift when I just pop that CNN on, and I'm just like, it's not that I'm in denial in my little or I'm not um, realizing the severity in my little forest bubble up here in Highland Mills, but it's <laughs> um, it, I do have those moments where it really hits me that I'm like, what we knew is, is never go. It's never going to be like that again. Our normal is going to be a very different normal Mm -hmm. coming back after all of this blows over. And when I, when I, I do have those moments where I kind of crumble and I'm like, what is happening? Especially like we're in the second wave, you know, I just got notes. My son is now fully remote. Oh, (laughs) Oh, so you're, 
goals down again. I mean, he was only going, he was a hybrid, hybrid so he was only going a week. But um, wow, I, we'll probably get to that later. <laughs> um, the whole homeschooling thing, it's, it's just, you know, it is more exhausting than Nini in some ways, just having to be this stay at home mom, teacher. And you're like, wait, but I did have this life that was like on Broadway. It's, it's, it's always that the scales, yeah. they're always, they're always never really balanced, but sorry, I'm going off. On oh my channel. God. You're this good. Is, no, we, I, this is so real. We, we really appreciate it. This is awesome. Good. <laughs> um, but well, I see, I go on tangents. And I'm like, what was I talking about? <laughs> I forget. Oh yeah. I, I feel I, you know, there are, yes, there are times where I just feel really down, but then I'm like, you know what? There's hope. It's go- it, This is a moment and it is going to pass. Yeah. It's just taking a little bit, but we will, it will come back. There's no way that the arts and entertainment and Broadway and sitting next to someone and saying, hi, how are you? Let me shake your hand. Like it's going to happen mm-hmm. again. And that's where I switch my energy. Yes. Yeah, we have to like look for that light at the end of the tunnel no pun intended for starlight Express. I, uh, yes <laughs> oh my god we need to talk about some of the some of your greatest hits in your career robin for real well i think i want to start with our first introduction to you which yes. was the grease revival that came yes. after the reality show because we were mm-hmm. in greece in our school at the time and we so were we in were, an eighth grade production believe it or not we were like 13 or 14, which, which is young to Greece. It is, it is young to do Greece, <laughs> but if you're going to do a show, I guess do Greece. You can, you can finagle around oh, yeah. a lot of the stuff. Rizzo was exclusively PG. There was no pregnant. There was any. <laughs> right. Of course that. Uh, and everyone in school is like, what is PG? Like no one uses that expression anymore. So it was just like, Right. Like, oh, Rizzo's PG, pass it on. But so I I feel like I have this memory of the cast being on stage at the reality show finale. So can can you can you refresh my memory? Were were all of you already a part of the Grease revival? And then they were like, let's do a reality show to find Danny and Sandy. Was that how it worked? No, what happened was they, they, I saw, I remember seeing the, the notice in the backstage newspaper yes. that I bought up, uh-huh. um, up to a seven and Cooper in Inwood. Um, I, <laughs> I was reading the, the breakdown that there was going to be this reality show and it was Kathleen Marshall. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to work with Kathleen Marshall. Cause I've known of her from, you know, from the obvious, yeah. but also my husband did music man with her and the movie. And so I, I was like, oh my God, I want, I want to work with her. I want to work with her. And of course, Grace, I'm like, I'm, I'm going to be Marty. Like I want to be Marty. Um, and, uh, I went into an open call. So, so they, they knew that it was going to be a reality show and that's when they started casting for ensemble and the other principal roles. I went into an open call and I sang, you don't own me. I'm not just one of yours. Oh, that's perfect Um, for Marty. And, uh, yeah. And I, (laughs) I sang it and they called me back and I did uh, some dance moves with Kathleen and, had another callback and then I had another, I mean, there were way too many callbacks for Greece. I mean, it was, but I was, you know, I was what, 24. And I was just like, oh my gosh, I could get this. I could get this. I could get this. And then they gave me a call. Um, and I remember Clyde was in the shower and they gave me a call and they said, 
it was Megan Larchie who, you know, I, I had gr- kind of developed a relationship with her through all these callbacks and she really was rooting for me. And she said, Robin, you're going to get an offer for Marty. And I sc- like guttural, like the blood scream, mm-hmm. screamed at the top of my lungs. Clyde flew out of the shower naked, <laughs> dripping, wiping, like what, what, what? He thought I had like fallen out of the, our five floor walk uh. window. Like I was like, I'm on the phone. I'm like, I got Marty. <laughs> oh, that's so special. Uh, it is. And then they said, so you're going to, I can't remember. I think it was like in November or December or something. They said, you're going to, um, it was, it was in December that I got the call because I was doing wedding singer yes. at the time. Um, this was that cute moment when like, I just got a lot of jobs <laughs> and I was like, whoa, this is fun. I was doing wedding singer. I had found out I auditioned for Chicago. I found out I was going to be a replacement in Chicago for Mona and in the new year. And then I got a call like two days later being like, you're going to be Marty in Greece in June. I mean, oh, it was like, wow, wow that's unheard of. It was, I, you know, I was so ignorant. I just was like, I love Broadway. I want to do everything. I'm just going to strip my stuff. I didn't really have like insecurities back then like I do now. And, you know, but um, yeah, so they said, uh, we're going to call you in a couple months. You're go- what the plan is. There's this reality show. We're going to have all the other, the, the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies, um, be at the final taping. So when they announce the Danny and Sandy, we can do, we go together or whatever it was. We go together. Yeah. Probably, right? I don't know. Yeah. What's, that was probably I it. I think that's probably what it was. Like, does he have a car? Oh, summer, oh, nights. Um, no. summer nights. No, it wasn't. It was it we probably go- we wow. go together. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Anyway. So yeah, it was really <laughs> crazy. And we just went to LA and they, you know, Go, it was it's such a blur now but we had like one rehearsal with Kathleen on on the set and then uh I went into uh my costume fitting and they're like here are your white pants and I'm like you're gonna put me in white pants on television <laughs> but I, I did it and it was wicked fun and uh and we found out Max and Laura got it and you know the rest is free yeah. but in that show in the Broadway show there were 14 Broadway debuts so it was um wow it was it was a it was a feisty group I can imagine. I mean, the the pink ladies alone, it was you, Lindsay Mendez, Kirsten Wyatt, Jenny Powers. Yeah. The amazing. All icons to us. Oh, truly. yeah. I know. <laughs> Lindsay and I still still are yelling at each other on messages. It's hilarious. And now, and you know, Lindsay has Tony for Best Featured Actress. You're now nominated for the same award. Like, how cool is that? Oh, my God, Robin, I need to tell you, we did a... We have like a Patreon, which is like a bonus content podcast where we, it's just Dylan and I kind of gabbing about stuff. I, I mean, I'm not jinxing anything. I'm just putting this out into the universe. I think you're going to win the Tony. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think so, dude. I I have a strong argument for it. And I think, I think the jagged vote will split. And I think that you are the next favorite, regardless of where all the other ones lie. uh, Well, thank you. So I think that's very, I think kind Seriously, seriously, because I, I think it is a tight race, but your, your performance in Moulin Rouge is one that everyone was talking about and still is. I mean, come on. But for real, I'm not just gassing you up, like yeah. for real. Like I remember when I saw the show, I was at my survival job like the next day or something. And, you know, it was like at a spin studio. So like a lot of aspiring actors and people who are, you know, jumping around, everyone was just like, I want to see it for Robin Herder. I want to see if Robin heard her. They're like, I follow her on Instagram. I'm obsessed with her and her son, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, dude, she, 
what the things that she does on stage, just unbelievable, unbelievable, Robin. You're fantastic. Thank you so much. That really, it's it it uh, it's hard. It's not that it, it's just hard for me to ex- accept <laughs> because I'm, I'm very, <laughs> I'm I am very humble and uh, I I'm a I'm a very hard worker and I'm very stubborn and I want to do good work and I always want to be better every single night. Um, just because that's my work ethic. I just want to push, 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 push and try to get better and stronger and a better actress and singer and performer every single time I'm on stage, um, taking advantage of that practice to just try to get better. But, um, I, I, I have to say, I was not expecting a nomination whatsoever Mm. at all, not even in the slightest. Um, I actually forgot that they were Um, announcing the Tonys that day. And I'll just be very honest. um, (laughs) My press people don't really, they're like, maybe not like say this in your interviews, but I was severely hungover. Like like, (laughs) it was, it was bad. It was, it was bad. And I was like dead on my couch and I was like curled in a ball and I saw the category come up and I was just like, Oh, right. And I see like, you know, Laura Patton, Captain Gallagher, like I see them. And I said to Clyde, I was like, oh yeah, I hear these girls are really flung <laughs> <laughs> my body off the couch. And I was like a lion looking at the screen. And I just saw my name swipe across and I sort of heard oh. Robin Herder, but it was like, I just, it was guttural. Like I was nasty crying. Like it was a weird yelling primal cry that I was just like, it was so unexpected. I, and I certainly do not expect to win. I just, I cannot believe I have that name in front of my name now. And mm-hmm. I will take it and run. Yes. Cause no, I mean, cause no one can take that away from you. That is, it's so special. I, I, I have already won. I am literally like, I can't believe that. And I'm so, it means so much to me that like, I, I, yeah, I know I, I can sing, I, I can act, I, but not, not everybody can, can dance. And it's really hard to tell a story and tell your, your story and your character through dance. That's what I have. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't sing my own song. I don't sing one line by myself. I sing all the top shit and Lady Marmalade. I mean, she's uh-huh. not an easy track. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm screaming E's and F's like it's, it's atrocious in the corset, but it's fun, but it, it's, it's intense, but I have a few lines. I literally don't sing one thing by myself. And then I have these scenes that are, that my body has to yeah. make people feel something and understand me. And the fact that it's been recognized in this way and it dance has always been my first love. I've been doing it for 34 years. It's like, it's everything. And, and I can't believe it's, it's, I always knew I, I, because it's my goal. I want, I will, I will get nominated for a Tony and I will win one. I just never, ever, ever thought it would be for this. And I'm just, I'm happy as a clam. I, I, I don't need to win. I mean, do I want to win? That would be really awesome. <laughs> but yeah. to me, it, it's like, I've already, I, I am, I, I've already won in my mind. 
Robin, you are radiating. I am just so happy for you. And it's so true. I can't think of a of a nomination over the last few years in a musical that has been more dance-based or something in, in that vein. Because I think oftentimes it's the forgotten part of the triple threat when you're talking about t- storytelling. Because the audience can listen to a cast album or something along those lines. But that's true. Wow. I can't tell you how many times I hear actors be like, I'm a singer actor mover they love to say that in interviews and i'm kind of like well no we have like a true triple threat here with robin another reason why i think you know you're gonna get it but you have me honestly very emotional because that is how inspiring to to the thousands of young dancers out there that their dream is to go you know to work to do be in shows maybe the dream is broadway maybe it's some other you know format but that is so special. And I feel like at the moment you're representing that dream to so many kids and young people, people older than you. So I just think amazing. Bravo. I'm going to sob for real. Like I'm like overwhelmed with emotion. Thank you. I am. Um, and that's why um, I want it. You know, a lot of people are creating art and there's a lot of people, you know, belting, belting their titty booze off and making this art, which I think is great. I could do it. I just don't want to. I mean, I'll make music with my husband, but I think I've been throwing myself. I want to teach dance classes and and have these Q and A's to to really talk to this younger generation to be like that. This was not handed to me. I had to work my ass. I have worked my ass off for three decades to get where I am, and these things can happen they can happen because I'm just like a normal little girl from Maine. I still feel like I'm 14 years old and in my living room in Maine, like dancing around. (laughs) So that's why I really want, I've been doing a lot of dance videos and stuff like that, just because I I just want to celebrate what's just been celebrated, you know? (laughs) And it looks like you have a really amazing at home studio to be able to work. Yeah. It was when we bought the house, the first time we saw it, we didn't even realize there was a basement like that. And then when I, the second time we, we saw the house, I went downstairs and my mouth dropped open and from head to toe, when I know things are going to work out, I get this feeling like goosebumps from the top of my head, all the way down the side of my face, all the way down to my feet. I get this feeling and I'm like, this, oh, the magic's happening. I'm going to get this house because this is meant to be like, I'm supposed to have this studio to keep alive. Like, I mean, Hudson was three at the time and, and, you know, it was, it's a blessing that studio. I mean, she's narrow and she's definitely concrete. So there's no jumps, (laughs) (laughs) but um, yeah, it's a, it's a blessing. Oh, that's so great. You know, I I need to say, I had told the listeners that I would stop talking about Aaron Tveit um, back in November because it was becoming a weekly thing. And Talk I about think, Aaron, little unicorn. <laughs> I need to know what it's like to work with him. He has been, I, we talk about Ring of Keys moments, which we'll get to yours eventually, but he was that for me very much like in middle school, you know, seeing him in Next to Normal and Wicked, mm-hmm. um, and now he's finally got his Tony nomination, which is overdue beyond compare. Overdue. What, it, what is it like working with him? Oh, it's terrible. He's a horrible human being. Such a snob. No. Thank God. Now Dylan will stop talking about it. Okay, Robin, thank you. We can move on to the next question. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's, um, he's, he's a dream. 
he's 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 everything that you 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 want him to be he's he's obviously like because he's you know he's famous so i think right. you see him outside of the theater obviously there has to be a um a, a reserved like uh, he has to be a little bit more reserved but um because i mean he's just he's kind of i just didn't realize like he is kind of famous because he's such a it's kind of like my brother. You know what I mean? That, yeah, that yeah. I go out and I'm like, oh, right. Pe- people are fanatical ab- about you. Like, I feel very attacked right now, Robin. I- <laughs> <laughs> but, but as they should be, because he is just so weirdly talented. I mean, I, people who have seen the show many times, they see that he's always, you know, singing real, real, real strong and real well. And and that's the thing. He never, it never falters. He is the most consistent performer I have ever seen his voice. I literally, I'm like, you have a unicorn voice. Like it doesn't go away. It just magically sparkles and does all the right things every single time you open your mouth. And he's like, Oh, thanks Robs. <laughs> You know, he's, he's, yeah. he's great. He's um, he will always, he's so smart. He will always stand up for the company. He will, he'll always speak up. He, um, his work ethic is, is scarily perfect. He's, he's, he's just, and he's such a nice guy. He's so great. And what's oh my fun little, fun little tidbit. He, um, I live in Highland Mills and he comes from a town that's 25 minutes from me. So in the lab when we were working together, I was like, Hey, I just moved to Highland Mills. He's like, Oh my God. (laughs) So we kind of come from the same place now, which is, which is really cool. So he's a great man. He's um, thank you for indulging me for any, anybody who is like, I wonder what he, what, what he actually is. Cause sometimes like, you know, people can turn into, they, they show themselves one way. And then you actually, Uh as the person is like a terrible human being. he, Fortunately, is 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 a true gem, and I adore working with him. He's a good guy. Oh, I love that, and I can see like the backstage videos of you and Ricky and and him, and you guys are all are just goofing around, always just lip syncing. It looks like a family. It is a family. I mean, you we've been through the trenches. When you build a show like this, a beast of a show like this, and you go through the readings, and then the lab, and then like maybe this little mini workshop and the pre-production and then let's go in for a couple of days and read this new script. And then you get ready to do a huge rehearsal process for your out of town. And then you don't work for nine months and then you come back and you put up the Broadway show. And there's so many changes because there's, there's so, it's so massive. You really, you get bond, you're in rehearsal and you're in tech for so long that you really form this bond um, that we are like our that is a Moulin Rouge. Like we are a family. Uh, it, well, it's one of my favorite musicals in the recent years. We we took the road trip to Boston to see it. And I remember we ended up seeing one of the first performances because there was issues with the colonial or something going on. So they ended up canceling like the first couple performances. When we broke weeks. the theater. Yes. Our set broke the colonial. <laughs> it literally- oh my God. Right after it was refurbished, right? <laughs> Yep, they they did all their you know renovations and um they tried to hang our our set and it bent the grid. Oof, so they were like, God. go home. So we had like a couple, I don't know, a week or two off, and it was so weird. But then coming back, it was it was such a blast. It was amazing. Oh, it was oh. so good. I remember feeling like I was 
in such an experience. You know, I think you you go in, you see that you see the you see the sexy men's is up on the stage and they're they're spinning and twirling. Wait, oh my god, I just realized I haven't asked you about your amazing friendship with Max Clayton, which is such a joy to watch from afar. You guys are the truly the dynamic duo. I love him. Oh my god. Oh, I I I love him too. We were actually just texting last night after my three tequilas. I'm just like, I just miss you so much and I want to see you and why can't we be together? And you know, it's it's uh it's hard. It's hard when you find your like soulmate best friend and you can't really see each other. We saw each other a few months ago, but you know, now we kind of have to like hold up and wait this thing out, see each other. Well, because yeah. there's a minute there where things had gotten better. Yep. And everyone was masking up and things were good. And then all of a sudden the weather changed and it's just. The weather changed and then the holidays come in and every, you know, mm-hmm. everybody's going to, they're going to travel. They want to see their families. And, and also it's like, everyone's sadly like it's, it, they're used to it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're it and they're tired of it. And it's just crazy that we are in such a worse situation now than we were when it was like, stay at home. Like, Right. Quarantine, you know, like in March, April, when, you know, I had it half, I mean, so many of the cast members had it. Right. Um, Yeah. It's not good. I have one more Moulin Rouge question and then we will move on. (laughs) But when Broadway comes back and it's the first night of performances, what are you most looking forward to about the show when the audience is there and it's time to perform? I I don't that's very hard there are so there are so many things that I am so excited about I'll tell you the one thing I'm I'm terrified about is um well a my corset but just just, you know say a prayer um but no the the biggest thing is um hearing the the minute people are going to hear that boom clap clack clack and the audience is going to roar and mommy is very emotional i can't i can't hold things in anymore and i will be behind that scrim and with my girls and i'm gonna break down and i can't that is just not nini and i need to whip around Mm -hmm. which is one of my favorite parts when it's like Holly turns, hey, sister. And then I flip around, go, sister. And we're all like fierce and we rip off our dresses and then we take those stomps downstage and then we just hit it, hit it, hit it. I can't wait. That's the most exciting that we just get to, we are the ones that get to plow this show down everybody's Mm -hmm. throat first. And then everybody else joins in, but it's like, Uh we uh are starting the celebration. I mean, I know Aaron comes out and he like does his magic thing and- uh-huh. But it's really like, welcome to the mother FN Moulin Rouge. And I can't, mm-hmm. I can't wait for that. I can't wait for, there's this moment when I, we do, vous avec moi, c'est soir, and we walk, walk, two, three, four. And then I take this jetting run to what I call my pounce seats. It's the platform on stage left. Yes. Right in front of the bar. And I go run, 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 run. And I jump like a damn cat and I pounce down onto the platform and I almost fall into the people's lap. I love scaring people. <laughs> I call them my pounce seats. And now certain people will sit there just so I can, you know, mess with them. Yeah. I love that moment. Um, and then I, you know, just dancing with Ricky, bad romance, walking out as Nini, you know, I'm not going to lie. It's going to feel really good when I get to slink up and then he sings whatever he sings. I forgot the name bad romance. 
and yeah. I do my arm and I look out to the audience, like it's going to feel really good going back and doing that, knowing like what has transpired. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Roxanne being, I mean, it's going to hurt again. The tango. It's like, oh. I can't wait to just be terrified and be thrown on the ground and bounced and tossed and bent and hear Aaron's oh. unicorn voice scream at me. And, you know, it's every, everything. I'm just so excited about everything. I can't wait. Every single moment I'm going to be excited about. It's, it's almost it's almost too much. I just don't. Well, that's where I want to be. That's where I want to be when it's when it's back. So yeah, I just know I'm going to cry, and I can't cry. Like Nini can't do that. She doesn't shed a tear. No, she's she's so strong. She's so strong. There's that moment between Nini and Satine. I think it's kind of towards the end of the show, and you, it's it's one of the peaks into their relationship that is so cool. I want more of that, to be honest with you. But yeah, well, I'm yes, I'm, and a lot of people say that because it's like the one the one moment where it just it kind of pin there's a pin spot on this relationship, and it's it's the arc, it's the turn, it's the the moment that you see that the Nini has a heart, like she's going to protect no matter what, even though like, I want to show girls your ass and throw some marbles, but like, I'm not going, I don't ever want anything. I don't want you to be hurt. You know, right. No, no, me Malone. No, no, me Malone a little bit. I mean, we, we have this hilarious, hilarious joke, you know, when Satine's dead, the boys carry her off. There's this huge joke where I walk off. And we're slowly walking off and I think I'm holding, I'm like with Reed. And then it's like, Aaron's talking and then it, he stops talking. And then there's a spotlight and I go, a kiss on the hand, maybe. <laughs> I, I go fully into diamonds again. Uh-huh. And like magically in her corset. And it's like Nini took over. Oh my God. It's for Sace. Oh, it's for that's right. It's for Mm-hmm. Oh, you'd be great in a Showgirls musical. Yeah, yeah, I mean that would be fun, but mm-hmm. I don't want to be naked. You're like, you're like That's I'm done true. dancing, yeah. and I'm also kind of like I can't do this much longer. I can, <laughs> I can give you a whack and a bevel, but I'd I'd rather just park and squawk. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm getting a nice park and bark. Yeah, yep. put me in a negligee. I don't care, but you know, I can't. Oh my God. Okay. Well, we're like talking about so many things. There's one question that we ask all of our guests that we haven't gotten to yet, but I am so curious with you. We like to ask people about their ring of keys moment, which is that moment of recognition when they understood that art had to be a part of their lives and they wanted to be an artist or to create. Do you feel like you have one of those moments, Robin? Oh, yes. I've, and I've, to- I've told this story a lot, but I never get tired. I, the listeners, if you've listened to another podcast, you're going to hear this again, but I don't get tired of telling it. <laughs> Uh, well, when I was six years old, I saw the show Cats. <laughs> and oh. I, uh, yeah, I was in Portland, Maine, and I saw the touring company, and I was just fascinated that um, I was like, wow, I love dancing around like a crazy person in my living room, but people are dancing on a stage live, and we're all watching it. And I was like, that sounds like a lot of fun. So I signed up for dance. And uh, I loved it. And I kept dancing, dancing, dancing. But what really, um, what made me from that point on, I was laser focused. And I was like, this is what I want to do was um, when I was 11 years old, I was in New York City for the first time at a doing a dance competition, which I have to add in. It was Talent America. I had choreographed my own solo to a cut version of the Jellicle Ball. And I got third place. 
Oh my God. Wow. I did. I'll find the tape and I'll post it one day. It's- yes. We need yes. to see that. It's a solo Jellicoe ball. I did fuetes, like four of them on a flat foot and a flexed foot. Like I was a mess, but I was like, I'm doing fuetes. <laughs> 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 but yeah, anyway, um, I was, so we were staying at the Marriott Marquis. And at that time it was 94. Um, Damn Yankees, the revival was happening. in oh, yeah. And that was my first Broadway show. My mom's like, well, let's, you know, let's go down and let's go downstairs and uh, yeah. go see a Broadway show. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I remember we were in the third row on the aisle and I was like, I'm a, I'm obsessed. I've always been obsessed with like the old school, like 40s style, 40s, 50s jazz style, big band. And I loved everything that was happening in the show. And Victor Garber was the devil. And that he's forever, forever. My Broadway crush forever. I was obsessed with him, but then he says, get me Lola. And I, this, the, the big band, it's like the brass, the horns. It's like, it's like all this loud noise and it's like vibrating my body and the smoke comes up out of the stage and I see something rising out of the stage and it's this pink chaise lounge and there is this woman in a platinum blonde wig and a pink corset and garter belts and and shoes and she says something like you rang chief and she is just there is bb newworth on that that entrance and I know she's going to do some things and I turned to my mom and I said mom that's what I want to do when I grow up mm-hmm. oh. and the rest is history the rest that's is history beautiful. and then I did exactly that I'm now laying sometimes on a chaise or in a corset <laughs> and fishnets platinum blonde <laughs> platinum blonde oh that is so I love that story. Yeah, so I love it. And what's really cool is, um, I mean, talk about like, this is, I tell, I make sure to tell these younger dancers, like dreams can come true because when I got the show Chicago, it was in 2007, I entered when BB Newworth was, happened to be doing her eight week run as Roxy. And I was terrified of her. Um, she only called me Marilyn for like the first six weeks that I was there because she didn't know my name. Then <laughs> it was kids night on Broadway. And the oh, two yeah. nights of kids night, kids night on Broadway. And she says, she says, okay, um, I, what I want to do is I want to uh, ask all the cast members if they were a kid, what was your first Broadway show you saw when you were a kid? And the first night I was too nervous. And the second night I was like, Robin, I mean, I was 24 years old. I was like, Robin, just say it. So I said, I, I, I'll say, and she's like, oh, Robin. Okay. And I'm like, oh shit, she knows my name. And so I grabbed the mic and I, I told all the kids that I'm shaking. Cause I don't really speak speak out loud on stage often. And I was just like, um, well, when I was 11 years old, my first Broadway show was damn Yankees. And I told the story about, I saw this woman come up and blah, 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 blah. And that woman was BB Newworth. And I just want to say to all of you, if you have that dream, my dream is coming true right now because I am on stage in my favorite show dancing next to one of my idols. And then BB gave me a hug, which the whole cast was like, and um, yeah, and the, the audience erupted into applause and it was it was a really special moment that I got to actually share that in front of Phoebe Newworth on the Chicago stage. I mean, I was literally like, what's my life right now? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Dreams. Oh my God. I, that's Iconic. so full circle. Wow. A hug from BB Newworth. That's like when RuPaul hugs one of the girls in the workroom. They're like, oh, we can touch Ru. Um, <laughs> literally very that. Oh, how fun. I love that story. Okay, wait. So you did Chicago. Mm-hmm. 
And then you were in the course line tour, right? Yes. I was in Chicago. Then I did Greece. And then I, I was supposed to uh, start the tour um, as Val because my, my husband was Mike at the uh, Clyde was. Oh, Mike. and so they put me through the ringer. See, the thing is they're like coming for Cassie camp. And I was like, bitch, I'm too young. I have no idea who mm. this woman is. I have, I've never been unemployed. I'm like that bitch. I'm like, no, I don't want to let me do Val. But they made me go through the Cassie camp ended up. I, they didn't give it to me because they're like, uh-huh. Oh, you're too young. And I was like, I told you that. Why'd you put me through this? And I was like, can I do Val? And they're like, yes. And then Kathleen Marshall wouldn't let me have my contract of Greece. (laughs) And then I, but I didn't want to mess with her because I was in the workshops for nice work. This was back in 2008 when it was going to be with Harry Connick Jr. And I, yes, he had been, so I didn't want to mess with that thing. Thank God I didn't. Right. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I didn't do the first six months of the tour. And then when they, we're going to switch up the cast. They brought me back into audition for Cassie. And that's when I did Cassie for a year. And I was fine. I, I, I kind of didn't enjoy myself because I'm like, I'm, I'm a fake. I'm a fraud. I'm a phony. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know this woman. I haven't, I need this. This woman is, is so special. And I'm just a kid. I was 26, 27 years old. And I'm like, this isn't right. So I was doing my best impression of a girl who can, is trying to play Cassie. I mean, I could dance it fine. I could sing it fine, but it wasn't like, those scenes are so special um, that when city center came along, talk about that, the, the, um, the goosebumps from the top of the head down to the feet. When mm-hmm. I got a call from my agent, I was going to apple picking a couple years ago. I got a call from my oh. agent. He's like, I'm, I'm, I don't want to make, give this call, but I, there, you know, Jay Bender is telling me call Robin, call Bob. He goes, Julianne Huff's about to pull out. If she's going to pull out, it's in two, it's in two hours. And if she pulls out, you're getting an offer. And I didn't oh. want to audition. I was like, oh, they're going to cast a celebrity in it. And when he said that, ma- like the magic tingles from the top of my head down to my feet. And I was like, I think this is going to happen. And this is going to be really special. And it happened. Oh, my God. Talk about the hottest ticket in town that weekend. There, I mean, the rumors were it's going gonna, it's gonna to transfer and everything that was between Moulin Rouge runs. Right. Yeah. We were, okay. we were hoping like Tony and I were talking, we're like, man, all we need is like just a 10 week, just a 10 week. Cause uh-huh. like, I can't do this. <laughs> it's too hard, but I'm like, just like 10 weeks, like a cute 10 weeks, like get this thing on Broadway. You know, they're talking about reviving it for their like what 50th, but I'm like, bitch I'm like what 43, 44. I'm like, that is not happening. Like I'm not, there's no way. There's no way I'm too old. Now, when you played Cassie again, were you finally like, I know her? Yes, I went through life. I mean, I, I've, had, I've had a string of panic attacks. I've had breakdowns where I haven't gotten off the couch for two days. I've, because I, I hadn't worked for three years after I did Cassie on the national tour. Like I got home and then I just didn't work for three years. Nice work was my next show. Um, I, wow. I, just, I lived, I had a child, I got married. I had a child. I have gone through the ups and downs of being burned in this business and, and the high highs and the low lows and just life in general. And now I'm thir- how old was I? 35 years old, 36 years old. And I'm like, this is right. And also, you know, I've known Tony since I was 19 years old. Like we go way, 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 way back that those scenes were they were, we didn't have to work 
at it. We just talked to each other. It was like just the right and the, the, every single one on that line, every single person, it was just the perfect recipe. It was such a special three weeks. And my, I like that last performance was, and I always end up crying, <laughs> but like the last performance, I, you know, the curtain goes down and Tony goes, all right, standing O. And I go, what? He goes, standing O. They all stood up, Robin. And I go, what? And he goes, they all stood up when you finished, everyone stood up, Robin, while they were clapping and I held it for a minute. John Braleo said, cause I'm, I'm such a dancer and what mommy says do. And Bayerk's like, you do not break that pose until you hear the applause start to die. And so I didn't, and I was shaking and then I was crying cause I heard them and everyone's screaming and it went through the rounds of screaming, but you can't see anything. Like you can't see black. And you just see the red dot, which is Zach. And I just stood up and Tony's like, Robin, they all stood up. And that's when I'm just like, what? And then Sarah Jessica Parker gave me like a three page text. I have it in my phone, but I'm not going to read it. Oh my God. Oh my God. Off on me. And I'm like, Sarah Jessica Parker, like it's, and I have it printed out and I like keep it in a special place when I just every now and then in the dressing room when I yeah. open it up and just read what Sarah Jessica Parker said. Um, <laughs> it was because she was there that night and it, it, just, it was it's the most magical moment of, of, you know, my career. And then and now I got now I, I got nominated for a Tony for something. I, I mean, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I am obsessed you deserve it all. I mean, just hearing your stories and having followed your career for so long, it it has been a treat to see this like Robin Renaissance again. And what I'm thinking all of a sudden, so do you know Sarah Jessica because you did nice work with Matthew Broderick? I, yes. So, so it goes way back because Clyde did music man with Matthew Broderick, um, the movie um, back in 2001 or two. Yeah. So he kind he knew Matthew and, and Matthew is a gem. He's, he's, you know, I, I adore him with my life. Um, but Sarah, you know, he knew Sarah a little bit. So we had that connection, but Sarah would come into the building every now and then. And when you, you, it's like, you knew she was there a because of her exquisite perfume, but it was like an energy. You're like, Carrie Bradshaw has entered the building. It was, oh. and she is, she's just so much light and love and like intense energy. Um, she's just so passionate. And so I, and she, and she was so sweet to me and nice work. And, you know, her girls, her, the twins, they, um, they loved me because I had the, the tiara. They're like, look, 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 there's the princess lady. There's the princess lady. So she knew me because she was like, I was trying to get, is this your number? I've been trying to get Matthew to get your number so I can write to you. And so that's that. That's amazing. What is your life? What is your life? (laughs) I don't know, but I'm, I love it. I I love my life. I'm so, (laughs) I'm so grateful. I just want to live every day. We're meant to wake up and be happy. That's the goal, right? We could be gone tomorrow. Mm -hmm. That's, I mean, we've lost some people this summer and that's what I, I always, I'm like, we really, we, we have no idea what tomorrow mm-hmm. is, honestly. I mean, Nick Cordero, it's like, you know, he's one of our dear, dearest friends. And mm-hmm. we're like, man, he did not know. You know what I mean? Like uh, March 1st, what, what was going to happen? Yeah. 
And why I'm like, we have to just, the, the goal is to wake up and feel good and we should live our lives seriously. What you yep. said. Um, live your life. Yep. So yes. I'm. Oh, how beautiful. <laughs> Every time I see Amanda's posts on social media, it makes me take a deep breath and think about, well, I'm frustrated about something really, really stupid right now. And, and she's raising, you know, a, what is he? One, one and a half year old kid. Oh, no. Yeah. I mean, the, listen, we are all, al- everybody's going through something. We are all allowed to feel what we want to feel, but then it's always, it's, I think it's healthy to just remind yourself of what we do have. And I think that helps get over whatever the the silly thing we might be upset about is right. through, through the same thing again. And I'm like, Oh girl, come on. It's just Hudson dumped over some milk. It's not the end of the world. Why are you screaming at him? Like, why are you screaming yeah. at him? Get over it. The same thing with Clyde. I'm like, babe, he's six. Yeah. So Aww. is he in kindergarten or first grade? He's in first grade. Yeah. First grade. Okay. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I'm uh, I'm, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Mommy first grade teacher. I'm trying to think what the the curriculum of first grade is. I feel like addition and subtraction. Yep, he's doing it, uh, addition and subtraction. Um, you know, snap words, digraphs. We're learning about conjunctions. You know. Oh um, wow! But this is the thing, guys. Common Core math. We didn't have this when we were growing up. No. Right. Right. They want you to write an essay as to why two plus two is four, and I want to blow up his Google iPad. I, I just want to torch it. I'm like, just because two plus two is four. That's why. <laughs> show her. How do you show it? There's two apples and there's two apples. It's four. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I get so, oh. so angry about it because there are moments where I look at his workbook and I'm like, I don't know how to do this. <laughs> and then you realize I have to call my, my brother, uh, my older brother. And I'm like, what is this? And he's like, they're just, it's literally so simple. It does help the kid. It, I think it does help you become a better mathematician when you get older. But man, when you're not raised on that, I'm like, I, I'm so happy. I don't know how to do first grade math. That's awesome. <laughs> Drama. Well, oh I always God. think like, I didn't know how to do it when I was in first grade, let alone sixth grade. So I don't know how I'll ever do it with a kid one day. So. I will say I'm just grateful that he's only in first grade because I can still like, you know, tell him Hudson color inside the lines like his reindeer looks like a a a pile of you know produce mashed together (laughs) it's really something i'm like color inside the lines like what does he want for christmas like what's the thing right now where's my phone i mean i i could if i can find this if 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 you bear with me i i actually do need to read you his christmas list because it is so whacked out it is so weird i'm like who who are you? Hold on. It's coming up. So does he believe in Santa? Sure does. And oh, we do too. It's yes. really interesting. It's like, we have to tell him. It's like, the problem is because we're watching all the Christmas movies and it's always like, why do adults not believe in Santa? And why mm-hmm. the whole thing that that kid doesn't believe in Santa? And it's like, because when you stop believing, he doesn't exist mm. as, as it is. And I'm like, of course. And he's like, do you believe in Santa? I'm like, of course I believe in Santa. But I Tell you what, if people have been following my L shenanigans, that kid is going to be so pissed when he finds out what I've done to him. Oh, yeah. I've seen the elf on the shelf. You were putting it on the chandelier and whatnot. 
I was, I'm, I mean, I'm having fun this year cause I'm not tired. I'm not coming home from the show and just wanting to go to bed. I'm like, I have time and I've had a lot of wine. So he's going <laughs> to do Clyde tilts. He's going to do mommy splits. He's going to, okay. Listen to this. Listen to this list. He goes, dear Santa, I would like a Nerf gun vest with bullet holders and bullets and a Nerf gun seven and up. Oh, very good. A drone, a bullet drone that can shoot and that has a camera so I can watch that it can transform into anything. I would like a jet and a robot of those. I would like a snowboard and skis and Pokemon cards, GXs and EXs. I would like mm. Squirtle Evolvings and Squirtle. Those are Pokemon characters. Yeah, yeah. yeah a yeah, Liverpool yeah. soccer ball, a Lego chain reaction set, a watch that can turn me invisible, a pet lizard, a night suit, and a zombie sword. And I would like 10 elves. The end. Love Hudson elves. <laughs> <laughs> he is a doomsday prepper. Well, I'm like, why all the bullets? Like, why do, why do you need a drone that shoots bullets? <laughs> That's so cute. And he goes to shoot the squirrels. I'm like, I can't with you. Oh, he's, this is actually going to be the episode that comes out before Christmas. That was like a perfect little treat for. Oh, amazing. Uh, well, yeah. oh my God. Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas. I love it. Okay, so we are sadly wrapping up on this wonderful conversation, Robin. We're obsessed with you. Um, But we like to end on a dose of drama, which is something to leave our listeners with. Maybe a pop culture recommendation, perhaps a rant against something you've been musing on, just, or it could be anything going on in your daily life. And I think this week I'm going to kick it off because I am feeling dramatic about something. Go off, Connor. I know, I know. I've been watching so much television since, you know, March. And actually since before March, who am I kidding? I watch it all the time. But I there is this, I don't, I don't know if the trope is the right word, but in scripted TV shows, when a character is having a, you know, it, you can't, re- you don't realize it at first, but the scene ends up being a dream where, you know, perhaps they die or they get stabbed or a former character is back. And it's like, it's a total fake out. You know, it's this crazy scene that's like obviously not happening. And then they wake up and you've just wasted like five minutes of television on this like stupid dream sequence. I'm done with the dream sequences. I'm done with it. I want more character development. I want the reality. I, you know, I get that it can be fun sometimes to like, I'm, I'm sp- specifically talking about this Ryan Murphy ratchet show that was on with Sarah Paulson. They did, they did these and I'm just like, I'm tired of it. I'm, I've had enough. I feel like a dream sequence works really well on stage because it's an opportunity for a big production number. Like in Fiddler, like the Fumacera yes. number or Oklahoma. Um, honestly, there's in a way a dream sequence in Moulin Rouge with um, Chandelier. Things get a little wacky there. That's true. But anyway, scripted TV show writers, please, I'm begging you. There's more content to fill your episodes with. I don't, I don't need any more... I don't need any more fake outs. I'm kind of done. What about y'all? Any any doses of drama? I'm 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 so boring. I I I I, I strive on not having any drama in my life. And I'll tell you, this is works. Maybe people don't know this about me. I am a bachelor fanatic. I live Same. for the bachelor and bachelorette. So. And I love the fact that I have gotten Clyde wrapped into it. It's like, he tries, he tries not to watch it. And then, but now this season, oh, this season, he is so fully in. And he's like, he reminded me, because now they've switched it to Tuesday nights, which is really- Tuesdays. Um, it's like, you're really throwing me for the past decade. It's been Monday nights and it's like, 
I watch, I know on the DVR, it's an hour and 24 minutes. And I always say, this is mommy's hour and 24 minutes of trash. Nobody. Uh-huh. Um, but I love it. I love it. And I love everything about this scene, this season. I love the drama yes. with Claire. I mean, she is such, sorry. She is a red flag. She is, she is the largest red flag on the earth. Absolutely. You can see it from space. Oh yeah. She is such a hot bag of mess. And uh, I mean, I hope it's real between her and Dale, but I hope so too. I know treated those men that the manipulation, I'm like, you are that crazy girl. That's why you're single. Boo. It's why I know. I know. I was excited for the season because I was like, Oh, we're going to get a bachelorette who is like no bullshit. She's going to know what she wants. And then I realized that's not good TV. No, she's not playing the game, you know? Exactly. But I love Tasia and all that. Me too. And I also just like, it's so funny. Clyde watching these men. He's like, is this, is this really like, this is what's out there. Like, is, is this is how men act towards women and with each other. And I'm like, I mean, it is probably dramatized because it's television and you do have the producers, you know, whispering in your ear and stuff like that and editing, but I'm like, nah, yeah, it's, he's like, oh my God, these guys are just a bunch of pussies, <laughs> but it's such good television. We laugh so hard oh, yeah. and I, I live, I think that's where all of my drama lives. I try not to have it anywhere in my life, but I live for the bachelorette. I've been watching it since 2006, 2007. Oh, wow. I'm a loyal, I'm a loyal girl. It's so funny because I don't watch any television. I don't watch any reality shows. I used to watch, you know, project runway and housewives and all this stuff. But you know, if I'm watching TV, it's usually a cartoon. It's some Pixar thing. Cause I have <laughs> yeah. attached to my hip and then you know, when I'm working, I, Clyde and I can't sit down and, and do the Netflix thing. Like we can't watch mm-hmm. anything. I mean, the last series we watched was, uh, you know, we had to stop Game of Thrones after the Red Wedding because I was pregnant when I watched that episode. And I was just like, OK, I'm not watching TV anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Traumatizing. Oh, gosh. But yeah, um, that's really that's really my drama. And I and I live for it. I love that. I love it. I love Ben. Ben is like so cute to me on ben, the show. Ben is Ben is great. Ben Ben, oof, they, he really he's been through dropped it. Dropped the bomb last week, but yeah. If anybody is happening, I feel like that's the the front runner. And then there's like the mock turtleneck guy. He always wears a turtleneck. Brendan, yes. I don't. I don't know. I don't know if they're right for each other, but I think he's really sweet. Very sweet. He is. Their first date was really, they seemed really into each other. He was like, I'm divorced. And she was like, I am too. Right. You know, they were riding horses and Chris Harrison was like running around the resort, acting a fool, being I know. silly. It was, it was really, um, it's, it's, I know some of their little antics that they try to like do now. I'm like, oh my God, can you stop? Can we just have like good old fashioned dates? But yeah, yeah, they're quarantined on, you know, the La Quinta resort yeah so. that's right but which like i don't want to go there <laughs> but, i mean she's real real cute she is super cute oh yeah god. and then all the drama with with bennett is that his name ben? bennett yes bennett what and noah it, yeah. what it, oh god i i'm like how are you even attracted? i don't he look he's like he thinks he's so much more attractive than he actually is 100 percent. you are so creepy yeah. oh what is what is she seeing that we're not i don't think she's seeing anything I think that she's being told to keep them. It's kind. I think it's kind of one of those things where it's like you gotta, we gotta like 
amp up the villain the villain aspect of our show. yeah so he's like the mansplainer like the guy you like meet at the bar who tries to like convince you of his whack opinions like condescending but the, but the present the present and the emotional intelligence i was like get off the screen it's like i'm looking <laughs> at my television at him oh my god Literally. i thought that tasia was very authentic though she goes wait what is in the box she's like, like I thought what that- is in the box and then oh my god and then when she like gives ben at the boot and she comes back into the room and noah's just like huh and she's like i wouldn't um, be smiling I was like, yes, uh-huh. yes, 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 he captures like the nineties into like right up to the producers of Broadway era. And it is thrilling. And I need him to write a third book about everything up through now. And it is so good. They talk about BB Newworth is a, is a character. They talk about all the Andrew Lloyd Webber, Patty Lupone, Glenn Close drama. It is so oh, good. Wow. Okay. Okay. If you're Love a reader, it. if you're a reader, you know, once you're doing the hour drive, maybe there'll be an audio book you can listen to. I, I am definitely an audio book person mm-hmm. I'm a mom dancing and being naked on stage or sleeping <laughs> exactly. long car rides every day oh yeah well Robin listen we are so thankful for your time this was so much fun you are the real deal everyone should follow you on on Instagram you're at Robin Herder just Robin Herder, Robin okay. Herder. and then on Twitter it's Robin Hart's Robin Hart's NY, which I thought, you know, ba- I, I created that Twitter account when I really, really loved New York. I was like 27. <laughs> and now I don't, oh. I know I don't really love it. I mean, I'll always love you, New York, but it's not like Robin Hart's New York. Come on, girl. I'm very, I'm so not active on Twitter. Just, you know, my, my, my channel, my TV channel is Robin's Instagram at Robin Herter. Get your squirrel content and, you know, drink content and cooking. Content. Oh, yes. I haven't done a cooking show in a while, so I should probably do that. Robin is going to be, you always make these amazing cocktails. You can get your your uh, your recipes for the holidays of some cool cocktails. I know, I'm Robin actually makes. about to make, it's so, it's so dumb, but I'm about to make a video that will be posted later on today about, you know, some, it, it, it's a crisp, it's a festive cocktail, let's say, but it's very, oh, I can't very wait. Robin style, just dangerous. <laughs> I love it. Well, Robin, thank you so much for your time. We are fans for life. I'm rooting for you in the Tonys. And I can't wait to see what's next. Oh my God, we will get through this. And on the other end of it, I can't wait to see you rocking it out, girl. I know. I hope we can meet in real life. Oh, we will. Of course we will. There's no hope. We will. We will. Yes. And we will get to squeeze each other. That's the best part. We'll get to actually touch. I, (laughs) I can't wait. All right. And everyone should, of course, follow me at Dylan McDowell, follow Connor at Connor McDowell and follow the podcast at The Drama Podcast. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, everyone. And Connor, we'll see you next time. Drama. Drama.